Hi everyone, John Panos, John McGrath. This is the end, the end of 2021 anyway in Million Dollar Agent, the last podcast. Many people, John, are going to be actually happy hearing it's the last one. Others are going to sort of uh, be listening to this while they binge. Are you a podcast binge? John, when you listen to podcasts, how do you consume your podcast? Like when they land on your phone, do you listen to that episode? I'm curious what your uh, behaviour is with podcasting. I actually, that's a great question. I consume podcasts very much like I consume reading material. I get a sense or a recommendation from someone like you or, or Paulie Checker or someone that says you got to listen to this. I then go to it. I kind of skim across the various chapters or podcasts. I look for people and topics that I really like. And then I kind of go there. I rarely sort of start at the beginning and go all the way through. And I just find that's kind of a good way. Same as I read books. I rarely do I read a book from cover to cover. I buy a book that hits the hits the uh, mark for me. And then I look for the chapters that I, and then I go through the index. And I look for things that are most relevant to me. Okay, John, audio books, how do you find listening to an audio book versus listening to a podcast? Do you find listening to a podcast is easier than an audio book? I think it's like the difference between watching a movie and watching a series on TV. I think the nice thing about podcasts is there's kind of snackable, digestible, bite-sized little bits of information, and, and often that's the way we consume. We're between meetings, we're in the car, we're going for a walk. And I think, you know, it's funny, like I would say that uh, 99% of what I watch nowadays or what we watch, Kelly and I watch, is probably more in the line of, you know, 30 to 60-minute series that, that you get engaged with as opposed to, you know, sort of two to two-and-a-half-hour movies. So, yeah, I, I tend to, um, you know, go for a little bite size. But, you know, I, I love uh, audio books as well. Um, but I probably consume them like I consume podcasts. So I just go through looking for the, the little nuggets and the chapters and fast-forward and, and that sort of thing. Okay, so John, our last podcast, um, I want to talk to you about high-performance coaching and it's fresh off-air. You said that you did a bit of high-performance coaching with, when we say high-performance, we're talking coaching to people that are high-performers and you used a few terms and I thought to myself, I'd love to hear how you use those terms in your coaching um, and, you know, one particularly, you said something as we were coming on air, repeatable genius, where you were making reference to systems. So fill us yeah. in on some of the concepts you've been talking about with your top performing agents and coaching. Yeah, so this morning I, I allocated quite a bit of time to some of our top teams just to really review 2021 and preview 2022. I, I'm a great believer in finishing the year before you start the next one. So we went... We went through that. It was interesting. You mentioned high performance, Tommy, there. And I, I was actually listening. I have come across a new podcast that you and the listeners got to listen to, and it is called um, do, do, do. I got this, I think, from, from Paulie Checker. Uh, the, well, there you go. It's called the High Performance Podcast, High Performance Podcast. And it generally focuses on uh, high-profile people, especially around sport, but not not exclusively. <clears throat> anyway, one of the one of the quotes you know they ask, one of the questions they ask up front is, "What do you think high performance is?" And there's kind of a nice quote. It was a, it was a lady that was speaking. I don't remember her name, but basically she said, "Yeah, high performance for me is uh, doing extraordinary things at my maximum potential, but doing them in alignment with my values." And I thought that was nice because most people never tack that 
bit on. They say, oh, you know, performing at my best and breaking records and always growing and all that, which is all great stuff. None of it's wrong. But, you know, then she said, but it's got to be in line with my values. So it's got to be doing things that I believe in with people that I believe in in a manner that, and I think for our industry, that's really good because a lot of people kind of struggle with, they've been taught that, you know, to be successful in our industry, you've got to tell a few white lies and you've got to lead a few people on to get them to the auction, that sort of stuff, which I I know you and I don't agree with that. But, um, yeah, I thought that was good. So that was good, high performance. Um, next thing, I, I started the meetings this morning, Tommy, there's a guy called Peter Thiel. You've probably heard of him, T-H-I-E-L. Yes, yes, yes. Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, all, you know, he's been in all the winners. Is he PayPal? Is he the PayPal guy? Yeah, yeah, PayPal. He's been in you know most of the major high-profile wins, so he's a multi-billionaire. Anyway, one of his famous famous sayings is, you know, what are your five-year goals? And then you tell him, and he says, "Great. Now let's work out how can you achieve them in the next six months." So he basically is saying, you know, think big. What do you think you could achieve in five years? And then he says, "Let's unpack it and work out." Could we do all of it or even some of it in the next six months? So what are some of the hacks? What are some of, I don't say shortcuts, meaning, you know, sort of cutting corners, but is there a way to get there? So I start a lot of my coaching sessions with that. So these are the themes, Tommy, that popped up, and some of them were prepared by me, but some of them just popped up in conversation. And these are the things that I had them focusing on today. Uh, Number one was database, not in any order, by the way. Database and relationships, everyone listening to this podcast, every gym member, every MBA podcast listener has heard about database. The the question is, is what is a really clean, fit and healthy database? So for me today, that is clearly name, number, no secrets there, email address, no secrets there. But you must have the address of the individual, because I think as more and more people get inundated with waves of information, almost spam on a daily basis, you've got to start giving people relevant, topical, timely information. Otherwise, they're going to block you, delete you, uh, ask you to take them off your list. So the address gives you the ability, and and Mike Dowling is, and I think you know, Tommy, Mike is categorising his everyone in there as to the type of property they own as well. So when he sends out some messaging about some results, he doesn't send it out to everyone. He sends it out to people that own contemporary homes between 2 and $3 million in a certain postcode. So he's kind of slicing and dicing and keeping very relevant. The, the next bit, though, is relationships. I don't think database will ever replace relationships. I think it's just a whiz-bang cool way to keep it. Um, a group of people in some orderly fashion and the ability from time to time to mass communicate, but in a customised way, preferably. But you've still got to build, you know, two of the two of the, two of the four guys that I was coaching this morning, when I said, you know, what's the frequency with which, Tommy, they contact? And these are great guys, really good at what they do. And so this even happens the best. I said, what's the frequency of which you're contacting your past clients, nurture marketing? And they kind of said, oh, if I'm being honest, a lot of them I haven't contacted for five years. And I said, well, thanks for the honesty, but why is that? And they said, oh, you know, no good excuse, get busy, other priorities, not organised, don't know where to start, embarrassed now that I haven't spoken to them. And I think a lot of people listening to this would be in that same boat. So my, my only thing would be print out a list of everyone you've dealt with from the day you got into real estate and just start calling, you know, just wish people a happy Christmas or a new year, just start calling because if you've got a database and you're sending people stuff but not staying in touch 
and not showing them your care, I think you're just going to be another potential spam item in their in their junk email in their junk mail. So database relationships uh, were key. Next thing I talked about, Tommy, quite a bit was leverage. So Armit from Parramatta, um, yeah. Armit Nair, for example, and his brother Atesh, they, they're guns. They're, they're on track to do $3 million plus. I don't think this, if I spend a few hours with Armit, there's not too many things that I'm going to be able to give to him that will help him improve on his 85% listing success in the lounge room, right? 80 to 90% is where he hovers throughout the year. So he's getting nearly everything. But I can probably do some things and help him coach, hopefully he did today, some things that can help fill the funnel with, with more people so you're in front of more people and leverage himself because for the best people that if you're doing, let's face it, if you're doing 80 to 100 sales or more and not everyone's doing that, there'd be quite a few on the call, I'm sure, you have to be able to find how do you leverage that next and the things that I spoke about today, technology. We've just spoken about that technology, database, email, uh, text messaging, bulk messaging. Those things are great leverage. Team, having a brilliant team of people surrounding you who can, you know, some of them can call and say, "Hey, Tom, just I'm calling on behalf of John. He just wanted to sort of keep you informed with what's happening in in the Haberfield market because we've just had a couple of record sales." Um, so, you know, great team. Um, raving fans, remarkable service delivers raving fans. And if everyone out there, whenever they hear of someone thinking of selling, says, oh, you got to ring Tom. He's the only guy. Just believe me, just call Tom. In fact, let me pick up my phone and ring him for you. That's what you really want. And I think that's, that's critical. And the last one I spoke about was social media and digital. Um, clearly a great leverage tool. Um, but I would, because one of my, my other points was no ego, and I'm fortunate these four guys that I was coaching, there is no ego at all. But um, social media, good quality information that's customer-centric, user-friendly, to keep them informed with what's happening in the market and any other things that, that are relevant to them. So I think leverage is really uh, critical to go to the next level. Don't you agree? John, I love that whole list that you've gone through. And some of the things that were coming through, as you were saying, is on let's touch on leverage. Firstly, if you can list and sell 10 houses a year, you've actually learned the process of listing, buyer management, vendor management, marketing a home, and everything that comes. So, so, so there's really, I mean, you will get better as time goes by, but most of the value piece has been learned. You can sell 10 houses, you can probably sell 100. So leverage is how do you actually do that when there's such a big capacity, right? And that's a very, very, very important point. You touched on technology and teams. The issue on the database, John, we've been telling gym members to be ringing up people, giving the end-of-year summary calls of what happened in 2021 and, and giving a forecast on 2022. And one of the agents said to me today, he said, I'm a bit, bit embarrassed. He goes, I'd had a couple of people that when I, you know, called, I realised after trying to speak to them that two of them had passed away. So there are people that have got databases. They've got them in yep. the system, in agent box, or wherever CRM they're using, and the people have passed away. Um, so having an address and an email and all that's good. It'd be good also if they've got a pulse rate and they're and 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 they're vertical. And I think John, those things are only going to come out of a conversation. You know, uh, I agree. What I said to one of the guys this morning, and and I said, how many have you got in your database? He said. 
embarrassingly, don't know, but a lot, several thousand. And I said, well, for every thousand you've got, 60 are guaranteed to be selling this year. That's the statistic. Could be 50, could be 70, but generally it's 6% of every community in Australia historically has turned over and moved home in, in, in 12 month period. So there's 60 in each thousand people in your database, there's 60 that you're ignoring if you're not staying in touch. So it was good. And the thing you just mentioned then, which I love Tommy about scale, because you're right. If you can sell 10, you can sell 20. If you can sell 20, you can sell 80. The question is, how do you scale up? So the thing that, I, that you were referring to at the beginning that I mentioned that you latched onto and liked was, you know, you have to develop, I said, you have to develop systems for repeatable genius. And I won't claim I made it up. I did read, I think it might have been Tom Peters many years ago, but it stuck just like it. you caught it, I caught it. And design systems for repeatable genius. So what does that mean? Well, we know what systems are. Systems allow you to do things the right way most of the time, hopefully all of the time. Systems for repeatable genius are work out what would be a remarkable experience, what would blow the mind of the buyer, seller, landlord or tenant, and then how can we not just spontaneously do it occasionally, how can we actually systematise it so it happens hopefully every single time? So design systems for repeatable genius means unpack all the great things, think of all the stuff that you've done from time to time or hopefully more common and build it into a system and a checklist if you're smart enough to be able to embed it in some technology or an app, even better. But even if you have a damn checklist that says, here's what happens when I list a property. Here's what happens while I'm selling it. Here's what happens when I sell it. Here's what happens between exchange and settlement. Here's what happens on day of settlement. Here's what happens after settlement. And you just build in some great experiences there. Um, really, really. John. I, I was reading a book by Gary Keller, and I think the name of the book is Million Dollar Agent. It's got a red cover, and I think it, it's either Million Dollar. It's, I think it's got the same name as a podcast or something close. It's got the word Million Dollar. And yeah. there was a section there where he said creating a process-driven system business, and he said it's not as hard as what people think. All you do is you write out, the 10 headings of the main things in your business. And once you write out those, whether it's 10 or whether it's eight or 12, you just write out a key heading. And then what you do is you write out 10 bullet points for each heading. You have then more or less documented the process in your business. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, a lot of people are thinking that they've got to go off to the McDonald's college and study, you know, some McDonald's system for two years to work out a process-driven system. I mean, you know your business, as you've indicated, what would 10 out of 10 experience feel like a client? And then you essentially have a manual that you could actually give to anyone that walks in and says, this is our business. This is These are the 10 steps that happen in this business, right? You might fine-tune it as time goes by. Um but it's so good to be able to have something that's predictable and repeatable and scalable in your business, which gives you that leverage you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And, and to coincide with what Peter Thiel said, Con, three of the four people were Con Stathopoulos' top guys. And, and the Con said, yeah, let's see how simple we can make this, which is a great, very profound, it might sound overly simplified in itself, but, you know, if you just do the Gary Keller, what, what are the 10, call it five, you know, what are the five key areas of your business? And then what are the 10 things that really have to happen every time you do one of those 10, give or take? 
and you're going to come up with a great system. So keep it very simple. A couple other things. Um, I spoke to them about extreme ownership, which is a concept from uh, Ray Dalio from uh, Principle, the book Principles. If you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't read the book Principles by Ray Dalio, please do it over the Christmas break It's or, or give it to someone you care about, um, starting with you. It, it just talks about extreme ownership, really just, you know, says that there are no excuses. Um, one of his famous sayings is pain plus reflection equals growth. There has been for some people pain during the year. And I'm not just talking, Tommy, about COVID, but, you know, some people, you know, have found as their business grew, it caused them all sorts of stress and headaches. Some people's business didn't grow. Some people didn't quite keep up with COVID and switch across to a technology type platform. So pain plus reflection, the time to reflect is between now and uh, New Year or early January. So um, extreme ownership, just own your results. The good ones celebrate, the bad ones learn from. Pain plus reflection equals growth. Um, Digital and social, look, you know, I think incredible platforms, changing the world, but please do social in the right way. Get rid of the ego. Don't do it for anyone else. Do it for your customers. Do provide content in a manner that's humble and meaningful and value-add and useful and relevant to them because anything else, the Rolexes, the Lamborghinis, the Greek island holidays, anything else is nothing but pandering to your ego. And I just think it's karmically, it's just not a good place to be. So um, they were, oh, the last one was Team Clarity. Just, yeah, because now a lot of our listeners, Tommy and your gym members there, yeah, they've gone from one person, they've hired a PA and some of them have done well, leveraged that. Now they've got a PA and a buyer's agent. Some of them are now taking on board lead generators. It's just important that everyone in your team has absolute clarity about what are their roles, what are the deliverables, what are the expectations, and you have an open, transparent, two-way conversation about that. Because a lot of team members, I'm saying, yeah, what's your what's your role? Ah, uh, well, I kind of I turn up to the photo shoots and I let values in for valuations, and sometimes when I got time, I handle a few buyers, and it's just not clear enough. You know, if you if you want to grow your business, you need absolute clarity, and everyone like like a football team. Uh, go the Tigers 2022, like a football, like a, everyone's got a role to play. You know, you might be the, you know, the front row and your role is to soften up and to make some yards and get some early momentum and, you know, take a few big hits. And you might be a halfback, you might be an organiser and you might be an offensive or defensive kicker. And everyone's kind of got a role either based on the position or your set of magical skills. And I think the same in your team. Everyone has has got to bring their role and their greatness the table every single day so they were the things we went through it was really good um happy to say that all of the guys are growing their businesses you know tremendously which i'm proud of and they're all growing i'm even more proud of the fact tommy is as i know you are with people you're coaching they're growing as individuals and i just love it when you know i think about some of them that i started coaching january and you know what seems like five minutes later and they've just blossomed and they've three x their business despite covid and it's just really exciting. So, you know, I think on our last one, just hopefully some of those things for all our, our listeners, you'll reflect on. Um, most importantly, as COVID certainly in, in Sydney and New South Wales, and I think Australia is going to go through a bit of a spike um, going forward as, as, you know, there's some more freedom initiatives out there. And as Omicron, Omicron, I think it's called, starts to kind of you know, spread through the community, just stay safe, um, be sensible. Don't panic and just do the right thing. And, uh, you know, I think 
hopefully we all come back happy, safe and well in 22, ready for the best year of our lives. John, it's been an absolute pleasure going through another year with you on Million Dollar Agent Podcast and to all our uh, listeners. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased to let you know that if you've been able to put up with um, um, us talking straight into computers, us winging it, um, we're, we, we, we've, got a, we've got a plan. We've got a, and it's funny, John, as you've been talking, I went on to that High Performance Agent podcast and I looked at it and I thought, well, the first thing I do is I look at, you know, I look at how, many, how many people have reviewed it and what sort of stars I'm trying to see. And I had a look and it's got 136, 136 um, uh, um, ratings. Um, people have reviewed it and it's got 4.8 as its um, score average. So then what I did is I thought I'd better go and have a look at what's happening with us. Uh, and I don't look at that on Million Dollar Agent, but I've got to, I'm just bringing thing, it up. Is this a good I'm, thing to end the year on? Is this a good thing to end the year on? It's, not it's sure. not, listen, it's not, it's, it's not a bad thing because I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought to myself, this is uh, this has been done by accident. So, Johnny, Al, Al, we've got, we've got a score, bringing it up here. Listen, I'm, I'm beginning to sound like the person that's, uh, uh, um, doing the uh, uh, ego ego boasting here, but it's a fact. It's a number. Three hundred and sixteen reviews with an average score of five out of five. What? Um, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you it's, for everyone. I don't know. Thank We've got to check to make sure there's no typos or administration bungles by the team at Apple. But John, here's what I think. I think to ourselves that. And we're thinking about stepping it up a notch. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, we've never asked for reviews or maybe once or twice in five years. We'd love to get more reviews. I'm looking at the 316. If we've got 316 by accident, go put in a review on uh, uh, I don't even know why it helps. I hear other podcasters say, yes, go off and review. I don't know why it helped, but just do it anyway. Um, and, um, and John, next year, um, we've had initial discussions on um, maybe bringing in some really high-profile people that we get access to through ARIC, you know, like a Seth Godin or a Tom Ferry, um, maybe having a mix of agent speakers, maybe bringing on some people and doing some live coaching on the podcast. Yeah. We're going to mix it up. And, of course, at the same time, we know that you love the informal conversation like having coffee and breakfast with us. That's going to continue. And we might actually say yes to sponsors, uh, which we haven't. So that's putting it out there. That's the soft sell that we're going to yeah. go off and take it to another level. Johnny, have a great break. You're going to be yes, around. Tom. I'll be around. We'll, we'll catch up yep. and, and have a coffee. Um, and to all our listeners, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you back in uh, 2022. Thanks, Tommy. See you soon. Take care.